0: Episode 4.1 1969, I'm still at 274 pounds. It was the summer of love. For those who don't know what that was, Woodstock was going on. The Vietnam War was going on. People were using words like groovy man, and like dig it man and like flower power and free love and drugs and so much was going on that was the year i met sue she was 17 and i was 12. funny how people step in and then step out of your life and that'll be another episode she had quite the influence on my life at the time. Then we had just gotten done with the Tet Offensive, and if you don't know what that is, Google it. You'll find out what that was. I was in sixth grade before that summer and one day the principal came into the class and he whispered something to my friend Ron's ear. I looked over at him and tears started to immediately roll down his face. Ron had a bigger brother named John and he was one of the first to die at the Ted Offensive. He was a pulling guard duty. So it happened just before the Summer of Love. We were too young to understand what all that meant so far. We were too busy catching baby rabbits and trying to sell them on the corner for a dollar or catching garter snakes and chasing the girls with them. That was the extent of our lives. But this one incident needs to be mentioned so as you will find out in other episodes how bad it got excuse me my stepfather Russ would beat me on a regular basis since he came into our lives when I was six I looked just like my father it wasn't my fault but I did he knew my father and what my father did to my mother. So he took it out on me for the duration that he was there for with us for about six years. In this period of time, the summer of love, the beatings got more frequent that no longer after years of getting beat, it didn't hurt anymore. I was used to it, I guess. I guess that's what prisoners felt like it in the Vietnam War. But this one time, this one time I got mad. I wasn't afraid of the beating. I was mad at him because he beat me with only my white jockey underwear on. You see, I was entering puberty. Oh yeah, every time he would beat me, he would make sure that I stripped down to my underwear so he could see where the beating was going or whatever his reasoning was, I don't know. Who knows? On went the beating this time to the point I was literally dripping in blood on my back, on my front, everywhere. I guess I, he saw that I was getting bigger. He wanted to ingrain in my mind that I was nothing and he was always going to be bigger than me. Looking back on it, well, after this beating, He went upstairs where his room was, but not before sending me to my room on the main floor where the beating occurred. I was the only one who lived downstairs on the main floor. When he went upstairs, I just walked out the front door. Yep, in my jockey underwear and everything and dripping in blood i've had i have had enough i didn't know where i was going but i knew i wasn't going to live there anymore no more beatings for me no man was ever going to touch me that was what was in my mind so i just started walking we lived behind a bunch of stores Kind of like a busy street and then the stores and then our house. I just started walking. I look back on it now. Someone in one of the businesses must have seen a little boy all bloody and called the police. I bet I didn't make it a half a block. I was in a parking lot of a busy restaurant when all of a sudden, a loud siren went off behind me. Woo, woo, you know how it is. That's the best I got. (laughs) And it went off twice and I looked around. It was a police officer. I wasn't afraid. Nothing or nobody was as tough as what I've been going through. I kept walking. The police officer kept pace with me until I stopped. Then he stopped. He slid over to the passenger side and rolled down his window and said, Hey, where are you going? And I said, anywhere. He said, do you know you don't have any clothes on? I said, I don't care. And I was angry. Then he said, how about this? How about if you get in the car with me and we'll go find you some clothes? I said, no, thank you. I'm okay. I'll find my way, but thanks. With just a little bit of kindness that the man exuded, tears started to well up, and I could tell I was going to start crying, but I fought it off. What a gentleman. He then said, Well, I really can't let you do that until you tell me what's going on. By this time, I started sobbing. I said, I'm just not going to get beat no more. I've had it. Nobody's ever going to touch me again. He said, what happened to you? Somebody beat you? Yeah, my stepfather, and he's been doing it for years, and I've had it. He says... How about this? How about if we go back to your house and I have a little talk with him? What's his name? I said, Russ. And what's your name? I said, Bob. I said, you don't understand, sir. He's gigantic. He's like gigantic. He's way bigger than you. The policeman kind of smiled and real calmly says, Well, we'll just go have a few words with him. How about this? If I can promise you, this will never happen to you again, would you get in? I said, okay. I guess I'm dead anyways. You're gonna not let me go. I can tell right now, I'll be dead as soon as you leave the house. Let me get in. Do you have anything to put on the seat because all this blood is gonna get on your seat, sir. I don't want it to get bloody. He looked at me puzzled and then said, and then he smiled and said, don't worry about it. This is vinyl. It'll wipe right off. I said, yes, sir. I didn't know what final was. He asked, where do you live? I live right over there, sir. And I pointed to the house. Like I said, I didn't get far. I just wanted you to know. So where I live. And when you pick up my body, you'll know who it is. My name is Bob. Remember my name, please. Sir, thank you anyways. But he's gonna kill me as soon as you leave because I brought you there. Don't you understand? I'm gonna die. And he could probably see the seriousness and then the calmness that overcame me because I knew this was the last day of my life i honestly honestly felt that way this is it i thought i'm gonna die i thought and i have no control over it so let's get this thing over with we got to the house I didn't just go in, I was terrified, believe me, I was shaking like a leaf and the policeman could see I knew what was coming. This wasn't my first rodeo. He knocked on the door and my stepfather answered. He looked at the cop and then looked at me real stern and he said, now what has he done? You get to the, your room, young man. I'll deal with you in a minute. And so Russ said to the officer. I ran to my room, obviously. And the, Russ said to the officer, "How can I help you, sir?" The officer said in a real calm voice, "said You listen to your father, and you go to your room, son." And I said, "Okay." And remember, my room was on the first floor, so I had access to what was happening at that front door. Russ saw I was peeking through my door, and I could hear every word. I needed to know when he was going to come back at me so I could jump out my window. I had it all planned. Russ said, do we have a problem here? The officer said, yes, we do, and the problem is you. I could put you in jail right now for as long as I want for what you did to your son. He's not my son. He's my stepson. Russ then made a big, big mistake. He told the officer, how dare you come into my house and threaten me? The officer said, Let's do this another way so you really, really understand. Real calmly, he pulled out his gun and he stuck it in the face, Russ's face. Back then, cops could do that. They can't do that now. He told Russ, If you ever... If I ever have to come back here and see this young man like this again, I will use this gun and I will get away with it. You're nobody, sir. And are we clear, sir? Russ said, yes, sir. With that, the officer turned and looked towards my direction and said, are we clear, Bob? Did you hear all that, Bob?" I said, yes, sir. He then turned back to Russ, put his pistol back into his holster, and said, Have a nice day, sir. I saw for the first time my stepfather was as terrified as I was all that time. I had never seen fear in his eyes or face at all, ever. Those words resonated with me. I'll never forget that man for doing that. Thank God. Now all we have to do is get rid of him. Hey, Ma, I'm doing a... Be quiet. I'm doing a podcast down here.